Acorn puts ordinary people into situations they might never find themselves in otherwise. We all live in societies full of oppressive power with people we're supposed to accept as our rightful lords of where and how we live. So standing against those people, the people who are accustomed to telling us what to do, to ordering us around, standing against them takes courage and it also takes preparation. I'm David Thompson here in New Orleans, Acorn headquarters. Today on Acorn Radio, we've got two Charlottes talking to us from Manchester about being thrown into that very situation. And we hear from organizers around the world who talk about how they got people prepared to stand up for what they deserve. I think it's getting increasingly worse in Manchester. I think a lot of people moving to Manchester and there's not enough housing, well, especially affordable housing anyway. Yeah. So I think because of that desperation of finding somewhere that it's probably going to get worse and landlords are trying, going to try and get away with more. Just squeeze everything out of us. Mm, yeah. I was a student in Manchester and then I moved back last summer, so summer of 2021, and I moved into a house share. So it was, a, it was managed by a house share company. And they were they were just awful. They they would never get anything fixed. They would lie on every opportunity they could, which was one of the most annoying things, I think. And then they also so then they tried to put rent up as well, which is when I did decide to move out. I think they blamed it on like the war in Ukraine or something ridiculous. I don't know. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, honestly, but I did, the people that run this place, honestly, they were. The, the things these are the things lies they would come up with would be. You had to laugh in the end, I suppose. Mm. Hello to all of our listeners all over the world. I'm Charlotte. I'm the field organizer for ACORN Manchester. In Manchester, we have nearly 800 members with thousands more all over the country. Ten days ago, one of our members in Manchester, Graham, was at risk of being illegally evicted by his dodgy landlord, effectively making him homeless in the dead of winter. This was not going to happen on our watch, and we did what ACORN does best. We showed up in numbers, stood up for our member, and resisted the eviction, keeping Graham safe in his home. Here with me today is Charlotte, one of our members in Manchester, who's going to be telling us all about that fight. It was quite a snowy, very cold day. I think it was 8am, so we planned to be there all day. So we had people on shifts. I was on the morning shift. Um, so we turned up. People given their different roles, so what they'd be doing throughout the day. So either a silent wall and people protecting all the entrances of the the flat. And then there was a spokesperson who was me and then police liaison. And I showed up at about 10-ish, I think it was. I don't know. They obviously was annoyed that we were there. It was quite aggressive from the get-go, really defensive, uh, wanted to know why we're there. We said we weren't there to cause any trouble. We just wanted to pre- protect our member and stop an eviction that was essentially illegal. My role was um, a spokesperson, so I had to try and take the landlord away from everyone else just so we could speak to him, explain why we're there, that we wouldn't be moving until we were guaranteed that Graham wasn't evicted on that day, which he did. I don't think he really liked that. But yeah, just tried to stay as calm as possible. Why, Why did you not shout at the landlord? Well, I don't think it would have helped the situation for one. And I think obviously there to represent the union, it wouldn't have been useful to do that. But yeah, he was obviously getting more and more wound up. The points that were the most annoying was when he starts getting personal, like the tenant and also the people there. He was shouting, insulting the tenant, and then 
he was saying like, why were we there? Haven't we got better things to do on a Saturday? That that was obviously his only argument. <laughs> but I think that just proves that he didn't really, he didn't really have a leg to stand on. It was that he didn't. We had a right to be there. It was a very unhinged landlords. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then we obviously got the um, jet washout, which that was an experience. Mm. So I don't know why I don't know why landlord would be jet washing in the middle of winter, but yeah, he was obviously getting annoyed that he he couldn't get us to move, which is probably shows how successful we were. We obviously wasn't going to budge and give in to him to into like, the intimidation. So yeah, what were the members doing? Could you describe a bit more? So yeah, the members were all lined up near the the doors, any entrances, but they were all all silent. We obviously showed that we weren't going to move, so that's why he started using force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that just made him look unhinged, like you say. So <laughs> yeah, exactly, we were so calm and collected. Yeah, crazy next to that. Yeah, yeah, well, everyone did so well. I think not to mm-hmm. yeah, just to stay calm, and it yeah. obviously worked in the end. So well, you mentioned that there was lots of different rules on the day. Why do you think it's important that we have lots of different roles? I think, yeah, just if there's one person talking to the landlord, can keep it as calm as possible. If they decide to be angry, that's up to them, you know. But it's also important that people are there protecting Graham so he can stay in his home. So having them people near the entrances so he feels safe. And then obviously the diff- we have like police liaison. So the police, I've got to mention as well, yeah, the police did end up coming but that kind of calmed down the situation because we warned them as well so yeah I think as long as it's well planned it does not mm-hmm. really go wrong and I think you did a training a few weeks before that action can yeah. you tell us a bit about that training and how it was to actually apply some of the lessons that you learned on the training to the action in real life yeah, I'm I'm definitely glad that I went to the training before the action. And the organizers did a really good job of explaining the roles and also the reasons why we have each role, which is I think is also very important. Yeah, and I think there was there was also some role play in the training. So that involved the landlord getting angry and confrontational. So it kind of did it did prepare us for the days obviously that ended up happening. Trainings are so important for high-pressure actions like this. There's a new book out, uh, Waging a Good War, by Thomas E. Ricks that uh, Wade Rathke reviews in the latest Social Policy. He looks at the civil rights movement in America from a military perspective. He says that he thinks the civil rights movement was, quote, militant from the beginning. Militant not in the sense of grabbing people by the throat, Militant in the sense of being well-disciplined, extremely hierarchical, focused on preparation, doing great training like role-playing, pouring coffee on people to prepare them for being attacked in demonstrations, and following up with analysis of how each campaign went and what they could do better. They were a learning organization. This fall, ACORN organizers from a bunch of different countries got together. Here's Tony, Annie, and David talking about how they see role-playing. One tool that really did, that is the foundation, is role play. You yeah. have to do role play because you have to get that, that individual so comfortable that it just becomes natural. That when they knock on that door, they make that phone call, it just becomes a part of them. There's no tool you can have that's going to be more effective 
than role play. The thing is, if you can do this amongst these people that you know, then you're going to absolutely smash it against that landlord or that like city governor or whatever. And like that's the thing I like to say to them and just like get them to do it over and over and over again. I say, look, this is actually harder than when you're on the door. Practicing, you give it all weirdness about talking, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So when you go on the door, you're like, oh my god, I'm talking to like a real person, and right, and, 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 and yeah, it just makes it actually so it's like, yeah, it's like you know, boxers train underwater because it's like, it's more the landlord and his brother being confronted by a wall of silence and just one spoke person. Like, do you, do you feel like that was quite effective? Yeah, because I think it probably annoyed him a bit. We were trying to get a reaction from us, but we showed that we wasn't going to move. Um, we showed how professional it was by not shouting at him and, like, reacting to him. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Role play in the training really helps. Lessons stick in my brain much more when it's actually acting them out as opposed to just like reading a booklet. About yeah, it was really interactive training. Most training like kind of goes over your head, but no, it was really good. Yeah. Training has to have different methods to reach different kinds of learners. Here's David again. I think keeping is like varying your approach, the varying your techniques, so like you're not just reading, you're not just like doing group activities. You're varying your strategies. I think it's like developing the social bonds with the members and developing the leadership of, you know, of your leaders in the room. So getting your members, facilitating, running sections, and also challenging them in front of rooms or having them challenge other members. So academy is not just about the training, the education, the information you're getting across, all the skills. It's about the process. It's the friends you make along the way. Um, so bringing members in and making them challenge other people with the ideas and then giving them active responsibility within it. And just make sure you're pushing people as well, like challenging them. They should feel like they've actually they've been pushed. Do you know what I mean? Part of the lessons I remember from the training is like, mm -hmm. why, why do we not try and get, you know, big, muscly blokes with like big shoulders as spokespersons, like your role? Why mm -hmm. do we try and avoid that? I guess the landlord might find that intimidating. And at the end of the day, we're not there to cause trouble, trying to keep it as peaceful as possible. I think anything that's going to calm a situation down is is going to be a more effective for the action. 100%, yeah. Mm -hmm. You, you want to sort of de-escalate, and that seems like the most effective way. Yeah, you don't want to have someone that looks like a bouncer. Or... <laughs> <laughs> you don't always want the first person to volunteer as a leader to be your leader. Ashley from Canada talks about this here. We do a lot of individual training with our members, you know, train them on how to like run meetings, like talk to the press, run a rally, you know, think, you know, that kind of training. And I think like the best leaders are often like, oh, I have never done that before. I'm sure somebody else would be better at this, right? Like, you know, I don't know if I'm the right person for that. And those are often the people that you want because they're helpful. But I think, you know, as the organizer, person training them, uh, it's really important to kind of like hype them up and build their confidence. And I'm constantly just telling people that I'm like, look, I think you're the best person for this role. I wouldn't even ask you if I didn't think that you could do it because I actually know that you can do this. Like, what are you talking about? I can't act like they're crazy. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I like it. Like, oh, like, 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 of course you can. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the end, we, we won. Mm. And 
Graham stayed safe in his home. What was your main takeaway and how did it feel to win? I would, yeah, it felt really good. And I think it gives you that motivation to get more involved with Acorn because obviously it does work. We st if you get together and organise effectively, yeah, you can stand up to landlords. And I think that's so important because often you do feel, like I said, like as a tenant that you don't really have any rights. And you, yeah, if you're delivered a notice, then that's it, you've got to move out. So yeah, I think it gives that motivation to get more involved and hopefully oh, stop... Well, people getting evicted, fingers yeah. crossed. I think without sounding cheesy, it just shows that <laughs> together like, we can stand up and help each other. And especially during times like now where things seem to be like getting worse. Yeah, that'll put my heart like showing that we can do something and we can help people. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's easy to lose hope, but I feel like Acorn really does show you the. the yeah, yeah, definitely. People feel helpless and they can't change them, but unions like Acorn are proving that wrong. Well, thanks so much, Charlotte. And Chris? solidarity to all yeah. of our members across the world. Yeah. for listening today transition music is by eliza edens you can check her out at the link in the episode description if you're interested in acorn trainings we are building up an acorn organizing school to share those lessons check us out at our instagram to find out which affiliate is closest to you if you're in the u.s get in touch with us there we'll be taking the show on the road this spring summer and fall but if you think you want a training where you live let us know in the meantime, keep fighting to take what's ours.